Hey, there we go. All right. Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Is that better? Adjust this microphone. I think uh, it is fitted for Pastor Ken's head. My cranial area is a little larger, um, even though I don't have hair. So, um, hey, I'm Jono. It's good, good to see you guys. Uh, you look well. Everybody doing all right? Staying warm? Everybody happy? Guys in the back, y'all glad to be here? Y'all good? Y'all good? In, in, the, in the cheap seats? So, um, we, yeah, we re- rearranged the seats and uh, actually added like a row or something, and, and we're still kind of full, so you guys are like all close today, so that's good. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, getting to, getting to know each other, and so really glad you guys are here. If today's your first time, what would be awesome is on the table on your way out, there's some first-time guests, uh, gifts. It's like a green cup with some stuff in it. Uh, I think, I, I don't know what's in there, but I'm sure it's good. You would you want that, and that's just a little way to say thank you. We're glad you're here. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm not the pastor. I'm the family pastor. I work with the teenagers and the, and the kiddos. And so if today's your first time, you should really come back next week. It'll, it'll be better, I promise. So um, just, just go with it today. Just deal with it and, uh, and come back next week, okay? Um, and so, yeah, that, uh, another little warning real quick. Um, somebody, maybe one of you, may... Um, but during the first service, they uh, set off their car alarm um, during my message, and I think they were parked right there. Uh, and if you know me, you know that's not okay, uh, because I'll be done. Uh, so if, if you can put your keys where you want to accidentally press the red button, the panic button, or whatever, uh, because we will have to just go home. Um, I've authorized the uh, security guys that walk around and keep your kids safe um, to cr- uh, go into your car, crack the window, and, and, and set it on fire if need be, just so we could get... <laughs> Um, you can, you can take it out of your tithe or whatever to, to fix it, but, um, we, uh, I have a hard time paying attention as it is. Okay. So enough of that. Um, so we're actually talking today about, we're, we're in the middle of this series called recalculating. Okay. And we're talking, Pastor Ken talked last week about how sometimes when you're going, whether you're using your GPS or you're using, you know, your, your Google Maps app or whatever it is, whatever your thing, Waze app. Anybody use Waze? It's kind of cool. Tells you, okay, yeah, uh, you should check that out. And so, so you're using your app and you get going and whatever voice is speaking to you through your phone and telling you, um, it, sometimes you get on a route that you don't need to be on going the wrong way and, and what the, it, it has to recalculate and you get that little diddly-doo. And, and it recalculates. And what we kind of wish is that, and what never really happens when it's recalculating is that it gives us some new, all right, we've got, we've prepared a new route for you. We're going to take you uh, along a, a scenic route. Yeah, if you look to your left, there's going to be a, a Tuscan villa. And, and it's, never, it's never like that. It's typically, hey, moron, I've been telling you for about an hour now the right way. So when you get to the next red light, Make a U. Oh no, you you passed the red light. At the next red light, make up. You did it again. You I forget it. Get there on your own. And that's usually kind of it's it's okay. It's not that bad, but you you get where I'm going. And so spiritually, we're kind of applying that spiritually in that sometimes we get going in a direction that we're just it's just it's not where we need to be. It's not really where we want to be. It's not where God wants us to be. And we're we're headed in a direction we just don't need to be. And so spiritually, I have to stop. And recalculate and just pause and, and make a U-turn. And um, last week we talked about um, reading your Bible. And that some of us need to recalculate because the, the past year or so, the past six months, whatever it is, just not been so good. And, you've, it, and, and the thing is, if we're not intentionally walking towards Jesus, 
We don't really tend to stay neutral. If I'm not intentionally pursuing getting to know God better, then I tend to drift towards the world. I don't just kind of hang out. I, I, drift one, I, I drift towards the world. Some of us chase the world full on. Or I chase after my heavenly father. And so we, we talked about how some of us, we've been drifting, and we just need to recalculate. We need to stop, and we need to start pursuing God through, through his word. And, and so nothing that we're going to talk about. Today, we're just going to say, hey, pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. We're gonna, I'm going to talk about a couple problems I've had with prayer. And, and hopefully it'll motivate you, and, and hopefully you'll leave here encouraged. Uh, but nothing that we're going to say probably is, is like, hey, get on the edge of your seats, okay? Write this down. You need to read your Bible. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, I've never heard that before. Pray. Did you hear that, hon? He said, pray. Wow. Didn't expect, didn't see that one coming. It happened, like every year at youth camp, it's the most frustra- fr- frustrating thing as a youth pastor to go to camp and we get there, and you have this big moment. If you've ever been to camp, it's usually Thursday night, and you have this big moment, and you come back to, you come back to the group time, and it's like, hey, we're going to talk. We're, let's just talk. Let's hold hands. Let's sing. Let's talk. About and, and everybody's crying, and it's, it's just kind of a moment. And then one of the students you know, pipes up every year. It's like, did you hear what he said tonight? The speaker said we should read our Bible and pray. And I, you know, I'm like, I've been saying that for a year, like every Wednesday night for a year, and you haven't done it. And then now this guy says it, you know, and it's like, oh, it's so amazing. It's revolutionary. Never heard that. And so it's kind of the same thing today. We're going to talk about praying, okay? No one's, you're probably not going to have a moment out in the lobby like, he said we should pray. What's, you know? But, but, ow, um, <laughs> dang, um, put my hands back here. Uh, so uh, the goal here is that, that you would be encouraged to pray, that you would be challenged to pray, and that for those of you who've been drifting, that it would be, you'd, you'd recalculate. You'd say, you know what? You're right. I, I'm not as close to God as I need to be. I'm not as close to God as I used to be. And, and I need to recalculate. I need to pause. I do need to spend time with him because I know it's what he wants. I know it's what I need, but I'm a control freak. And I'd rather just do my own thing. Anybody with me on that? Any control freaks in here? Okay. And, and we, I, I'm notorious for praying for God to do something or, or like, God, will you tell me what I need to do? What I should say, if I should accept this, if I should do that, if we should go there, what, what do you want me to do there? And then he kind of like starts leading me and I'm like, Awesome. I'll take it from here, Lord. I got it. I got it. And then I run and do my own thing. And so some of us, we need to get into this. We need to recalculate and, and, and stop just taking over. But say, God, I'm just going to walk with you step by step. I'm, I'm just going to do what you want me to do. And um, a lot of us want to wait for whatever reason, for like the perfect spot to uh, like, okay, I, yeah, I'll, I'll do this later. Whatever. I was, um, my wife hates a lot about my driving, okay? Um, <clears throat> A lot, and she's right up here. You should ask her. She's, she's um, don't actually don't ask her, but she 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 doesn't like my driving, and I'm not. I admit I'm not a good driver, and but but I tell her I'm like, look, you try to text and eat and drive with your knee at the same. Time. It's not it's not as easy it's not as easy as I make it look. Um, but we have five kids in the car. I'm like, I, that'll be fine. Um, but one of the things the one of the things that she picks on me about the most. And it's really weird, I, and I think I'm actually the only person that does this. And it's, uh, If I do need to turn around, which is often, especially if we go outside Walton County, <coughs> we usually have to turn around. Every vacation is going to happen. And, and if we're on, like, uh, I was going to say the word rural, but I can't. So um, if we're on, like, residential areas, I, I have this, um, it's, it's a fear that I really shouldn't have. It's, it's, um, when I was a kid... 
when I was 12, actually. I, I grew up with my grandma, and um, she drove this big, huge Lincoln town car, and it was a boat. It was baby blue. We called it the, the Beast, and, um, and I called her Meemaw. So Meemaw, me and Meemaw hung out a lot. And Meemaw, when I was a kid, she was, she was notorious for getting lost, too, and driving fast um, in the Beast. And we were out going to yard sales, dragging me along to yard sales, and we're going to this one yard sale, and she misses it. And so Meemaw just takes the beast, takes the blue Lincoln Town Car, and she's going to turn around the first place she can find. And we pull into this driveway, and I kid you not, these people are like having their family reunion <laughs> in the driveway. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm 12, and I'm embarrassed of everything as it is, and I'm just sitting there like, hey, <laughs> potato salad looks good. And so, meanwhile, she, she's backing out in her usual fashion kind of quick and just takes down their mailbox. <laughs> and we have to stop, and the dad's ticked. And it was this whole embarrassing thing. So I have this irrational fear now of turning around, and so I, I just look for the perfect spot. I'll creep by, make sure no one's in the driveway, then we'll turn around. And um, you just, you know, you get, Heather's like, you are wasting a lot of time finding the perfect turnaround spot. Would you just please turn us around? And, and so I think maybe, maybe spiritually, I kind of, I just put it off and put it off and just don't think about it. And I'm, I just do my own thing and I'm a control freak. And instead of just stopping and saying, you know what, I need to turn around right now. It's going to be okay. That's what God wants me to do. I just, I just keep going and looking for the perfect spot. And um, so, so today we're talking about getting on the road that, that we need to be on. And um, for a lot of us, this is going to be just an encouragement. For a lot of us, this is going to be a challenge. And um, we're going to talk about prayer for a few minutes. And uh, when, when I was in Bible college and seminary and that whole process, the classes that you had to take a lot of time when they dealt with prayer, it was always called spiritual disciplines. And you probably read a book that talked about spiritual disciplines and books about reading your Bible and praying and fasting and tithing. It's, it's like spiritual disciplines. And discipline doesn't sound all that fun. And, it, and, and prayer gets lumped into that. And we, it kind of leaves us with the impression that prayer is something that we have to do. If you want to be a good person, you want to be a good Christian, you don't want the pastor to get mad at you, then you pray. When really it's not something that we have to do. It's something that, that we get to do. And we need that paradigm shift. And, and instead of like going through the day feeling guilty, like I haven't prayed enough, that, that we, we would walk through the day saying, you know, I know what, God wants me to pray without stopping. He wants me to pray all the time. And I don't really know how that works, but I'm going to get in this habit of talking to him all the time. And that's where I want to be. And it's kind of like with your kids. We, I said this a minute ago. We, we've got five kids, and some of them are little, but at one point they were all little. And we would go, you know, we'd go to the playground or whatever. We'd go to the park, and you end up, you know, th there was this deal where the kids were playing, and I was kind of the helicopter parent and still kind of am like, don't do that. Don't, you'll fall. You'll get hurt. Don't you? And, and Heather's like, yeah, that'll be fine. And, um, but she loves them. But, um, but it was this thing where I can, I can be at the park with the kids and, and if you were there, too, we could have a conversation. And I could be distracted and doing other stuff, but I'm still aware of my little ones playing on the playground. Even though I'm not exactly talking to them right this moment, and I'm not interacting with them that much, I'm aware of them. I'm aware of what they're doing. I can hear what they're saying, and, and, and that's how I want to get like with my day. Even though I've got other stuff, we've got to work, we've got to talk to people, we've got to make phone calls, we've got to return emails, we've got to do whatever, we've got to you know, get in arguments, whatever it is. Um, we still want to go through the day being aware of our Heavenly Father, and we pause, and the phone's ringing. God, how do you want me to speak to this person? I'm not looking forward to this phone call. And we just have this awareness that we go through our day 
and we pray. And that, that's, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not, um, I haven't arrived. But I, but I want to get, and I'm, I feel like I'm getting to the place where I believe and where I live, like prayer and, and getting to know God, it, it aligns my desire with His. So go ahead and write that. If you're taking notes or whatever, if you got your Bible out, go ahead and open up your Bible and, uh, or boot up your Bible, whatever it is you do with your Bible. Um, but prayer and getting to know God is where God aligns my desires with His. And um, if you're turning in your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 11. We're going we're gonna to camp out there in a minute. But prayer and getting to know God is where, my, is where God aligns my desires with his. And, and I, I grew up, and, and I still struggle with this in, in a way, in a lot of ways, that God is this huge cosmic vending machine or genie in a bottle or whatever. And then I kind of just go to him when I need something. I kind of just go to him when I need stuff. And my prayers sound an awful lot like, bless me, heal me, fix me, give me, bless me, heal me, fix me, give me. And I just kind of, they kind of roll like that. And every once in a while, if I've got a little extra time, feeling a little extra generous, I'll switch from bless me, give me, heal me, you know, fix this, give me, to bless them, help them, fix them, you know, heal them, and give them, and, and I'll incorporate some other people, in, but it's usually just asking for stuff, and if you ever pray and, and try to not ask God for anything, it's not that easy, trust me, you should try it sometime, for like five minutes, pray without asking for something, um, good luck, but I, I grew up thinking that God was this kind of vending machine where it's just like, hey, just give me. Stuff. I just need you to give me stuff. And, and I've got it all planned out. So if you would just go along with my plan and give me what I need, that would be awesome. But the truth is that, that God's saying, you know what? I want you to talk to me. I want you to walk with me. I want you to, to get close to me because I've got some things that I'm doing that I want you to be involved in. And I've got some things that I want you to do. A lot of us have prayed, and I, I've prayed a lot way different than Jesus said I should. Um, when, when I was first like a youth pastor, when I was first in ministry, I was well-meaning. My heart was right. But somebody, if somebody asked me, to like, how do you pray? What do I do? The stuff that would start coming out of my, my mouth was just, well, just talk to God like he's a friend. He's listening. Just talk to him. Say whatever you, you say what's bothering you. Just talk to him. Y'all be like his buddy, you know? And, and the thing is, the problem with that is, is the Bible, um, that... that when people, when the disciples in Luke 11 come to Jesus and say, hey, will you teach us how to pray? Jesus did not say, well, you know what? Just, just talk to God. Just talk. He's listening. Whatever you want to say, whatever's on your heart, just say it. Now, what does he say? He starts with, he starts with, here, here's how you pray. He says, you know, our, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, so we start off talking about how good God is and how big God is. He says, and you can write this down. You know, when you pray, you don't start with yourself. When you pray, don't start with yourself. Start with God. Start with your heavenly Father. Start talking to Him, and then go. And then we get into surrender, where it's you know your kingdom come, my, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is not about my will. And then yeah, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to give us this day our daily bread. We're gonna ask for things, but I, we're not gonna spend the whole time asking for things. But what I want to camp out here for a minute is that when we do get to the spot where we've surrendered and where we've we, we've told God that we love him, and we get to this part of asking God for our daily bread, like, God, I need you to do this. I'm begging you to do this. I'm asking you to fix this. I'm asking you to, to heal them, whatever. 
my struggle and where I wrestle with prayer the most, and, and it's why some of us have stopped praying for different seasons. It's why some of us struggle with being motivated to prayer. Uh, it, it's why many of us don't pray like we should, and we feel like we've done everything that he says do. We feel like that we've surrendered. We feel like we've loved him. We've worshiped him. We're giving to his kingdom. We're doing things that he says we should do, and then I ask him to do this one thing, and he doesn't do it. Some of us have prayed for people to get better, and they didn't. My, my grandmother that I was telling you about, I mean, she, she pretty much raised me. And, and back in 2009, she got, um, she got cancer, and she had surgery, and we thought it was all gone. And, and we're like, okay, great, this is going to be good. And then it comes back, and, and we're all praying. And you didn't know, uh, some of you knew Meemaw, but you didn't, you didn't know Meemaw. But Meemaw is one of these people that, she's not like me. Like, a lot of people in my circle could tell you something they don't like about me, Okay. You know, you're, you're bald, whatever, you're, you're a smart mouth, you're too good looking, whatever. You know, it's just intimidating. Um, a lot of people come up with something you don't like about me, but Meemaw was one of these ladies that's like, you know, you just, no one didn't like me. Everybody loved Meemaw. And, and I was like, if anybody deserved, like, if there was anybody that should be healed, like, God, why, why don't you heal her? And then um, Super Bowl Sunday, February, um, February of 2010, she passed away, and, and right around that time, I remember somebody, they weren't, they weren't trying to bother me, but I remember a guy at church talking, we were sitting in a group, and he was telling us about how he'd been praying for a new car, and that, that God had just given him this great deal on a new car, and he'd been praying for so long, and God had just given him, like, the salesman knocked 10000 whatever, and I was like, seriously? Like, God, you did that? You answered that one, but not, you, did, you couldn't heal me, Mom? And I struggle. And I, when, when those things happen, I go through seasons where it's like, why? Is anybody even listening to me? And, and here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, look, that's going to happen. When the disciples ask him, how do you pray? He deals with this issue. He said, look, it's going to happen, and here's what you do. Here's how you can grow. Here's how you can get closer to me. The, the disciples ask him how to pray. And then in Luke chapter 11, verse 5 and 6, uh, follow along here. He says, here's the deal. Let's deal with this issue. Suppose that one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight, and he says, Friend, let, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Okay, So you're tracking with me there. It's midnight. Friend shows up knocking on the door, and he's asking for a few loaves of bread because he didn't plan ahead and get bread for his friend. So his friend shows up. He, he's, he needs some bread from you. Okay, And then the one inside answers, and, and that's kind of the deal with parables. In parables, somebody's God, somebody's us. Okay, So the one inside answers, don't bother me. Leave me alone. The door's already locked. Ain't got time to be getting up unlocking doors. And my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Okay? Which sounds kind of weird, okay? So let me, let me explain here. In, in, in this time, in, in these houses in Israel, when they're 
you, you, you didn't have huge houses, okay? So you'd have a small house and, and one or two rooms, and, and everything was multi-purpose, okay? So we're all sleeping in the same room together, and it's not just me and my two kids and my wife. I mean, it's, it's extended family, grandma, aunt, uncle, everybody's in there. And so we're basically on the floor in the multi-purpose room, you know, shoulder to shoulder laying, you know, and, and the room is crowded. And so he's saying, look, if I get up, if I get up, I'm going to, I'm going to step on somebody. I'm going to wake somebody up, you know, and, and that's, that's why... I don't get up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. I just hold it and because I don't want to wake them up. And, and, if, and you guys who have kids, especially if they're little, you know that it's like they got together. And say, hey, we're gonna, my kids, it's like they sleep in shifts like firefighters. It's just like, all right, who, you know, uh, I'll, take, I'll keep mom up from 2 to 3. Uh, we'll keep them up from 4 to 7. And uh, who, who's, who's got the morning shift? And, and they're, they're getting out of it now, but they used to be terrible. And... Um, and, and so it's kind of the same deal. It's like, I, I don't want to get up. My, my family, the other thing they do to me, besides make fun of my driving, um, is, is they take me camping um, outside. Outside, and I'm like, I bought a house. Uh, <laughs> I pay a lot of money every month to sleep inside. And now you want me to go out there and get eaten by bugs. It's terrible. And, um, but I do it because I love my family. And, uh, yeah, so, um, but I complain the whole time. And um, the worst thing about it is the older I get, the older I get, I used to wait to seven to, um, can I say pee in here? I used to wait to seven. Uh, I am the youth pastor, so I can get away with this stuff. I, I used to wait till like seven or so to have to use the bathroom during number one potty. And um, now it's getting, the older I'm getting, I'll be 36 in a couple months. And um, what? You're not 40 something? Uh, I'll, be, I'll be 36 in a couple months. And, smart mouse, and, um, and, and the older I'm getting, the earlier this, this I'm, I'm at like 4.30 now, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's, it, it just keeps getting earlier and earlier and earlier, and, uh, and now when we're camping, we are like this family, we're laying on an air mattress, you know, yeah, who wants to sleep on the float, and so we're laying on this air mattress, and, and I'm waking up, and it's halfway deflated by the morning, and because um, I'm husky, and um, and I've got, the, usually it's the little boys next to me, and I'm like, I can't get up. I'm going to wake them up, and then they're going to be up, and they're going to be, and keep me up, and, and, but I, I'm like, i got to go. So I come, and then, then we come back, and I forget that it's an air mattress. I lay down hard, and they, you know, they go flying. It's <laughs> like, good grief. This is why we don't camp, long family. Sorry, that was a long walk to say, hey, they all slept in the same room. Um, that's why the guy didn't want to get up, Okay. But the guy keeps knocking. The friend at the door keeps knocking. He says in Luke eleven eight, he says, I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he's friend. Yet because of the man's boldness, in Greek, that the word um, may be a different translation, a better translation, probably in some of your Bibles may say this, may use the word persistence, okay? And so what the, the idea he's communicating there, because of the man's boldness and persistence, he doesn't stop, he doesn't stop knocking. He's going to get up and give him as much as he needs, okay? So what happens there, he, he doesn't give it out of friendship, but he eventually gets up and gives it because just, he's out of frustration. He's like, dude, you keep on, you keep on knocking. And, um, and like I said, this is, a, this is a parable, and in this, somebody's God and somebody's us, and so you're like, okay, do, uh, so we are the guy knocking at the door, so does that mean that God's like the grumpy old dude in, in the story? And that's not the point that he's trying to communicate here, and um, or that, you know, if you bang on the door long enough, that God's just going to do what you want. What he's trying to communicate is that he, your heavenly father, is not like 
your earthly father here. Like growing up, like, like my dad, and I do this to my kids. I'm terrible about this. But if they start pestering me for something, sometimes it's just like, ask me one more time. And then Medea starts coming. I'm like, ask me one more time. Ask me one more time. And they're like, okay, all right, about to get beat. I'm about to break a microphone stand. Uh, so, so what happens, like with our kids, though, if, if, if the boys like, hey, like my boys have got a gift card from Walmart, and they're pestering me to go like buy a something for Paw Patrol at Walmart. Like, will you take, Dad, can you take us? Can you take us today? And can we go to Walmart? Can we go to Walmart? And then we finally... No, no, not today. So maybe later. And then my kids are like, well, we know what later means. We've heard this one before. That means we're never going. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> well, may, maybe, to, maybe not today, but can we, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, you've, you've used that one too. And we never go, okay? And, and so they keep on and they keep on and they keep on. And eventually it's like, okay, good grief. We will go. We'll go. Now, the father, whether he decides to go to Walmart and use the gift card, loves his children The love had nothing to do with the yes or the no. But eventually, the father gives in. The father says, you know what? You've been bold. You've been persistent. You keep asking. Come on, let's go. Let's go. And, And our heavenly father is way more patient than us. And in fact, Jesus is saying in the parable, look, God's not bothered by your persistence. And sometimes he's moved by it. God's not, God's not bothered. He's not annoyed by your persistence. And even though your earthly father may have been that way, or you as an earthly father or mother are that way to your kids, that, that your heavenly father is just not that way. And you may write that down if you're taking notes. God is not bothered by your persistence. Sometimes he's moved by it. He, he's not bothered when you ask and ask and ask. And I know that's like rude in our culture. It's like you ask once, then you leave it alone. But, but with, with our heavenly father, he's saying, you know what, I, I'm honored. I'm honored by when you keep asking. And sometimes I get up and I get the bread. And there are times throughout Scripture, if you, if you read your Bible, you can look in the Old Testament, you can look in the New Testament, and there's story after story, there's time after time where someone was praying and, and it wasn't going to happen. This thing wasn't going to happen unless they prayed. This one instance is in, in the book of Mark where the disciples are, they've been sent out by Jesus to cast out demons. They come to this little boy. He's got a demon in him and he, it's not good. The demon's trying to kill him and, and the disciples, they're, they're trying to cast out the demon and they can't. And Jesus shows up and the dad's like, hey, uh, your disciples are not doing so hot. You think you could take care of this one? And Jesus, Jesus heals the boy and everything's good. Then the disciples and Jesus are leaving and they're like, hey, Jesus, uh, what was the deal? Why, you know, we've been doing pretty good on the demons, and now this one, we couldn't. And Jesus says, hey, look, that one, that kind only comes out by prayer. That there are certain things that aren't going to happen unless you pray. And we see that all through Scripture, where God does things because we pray. Not always, and I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know how it works. Um, I also know that God's sovereign, that He's in charge, and that He does what He wants to do. And I honestly... I, we could sit for a couple hours and argue. I don't know how exactly that works because they seem to kind of butt heads a little bit. But I know that God does whatever he wants, and I know that he's in charge. And I also know that sometimes my prayers move him, and he gets up and gets the bread. And, and Luke 9 says, you know what? You, you, so I say to you, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. So you keep asking. You, you ask like the seeker who says, you know what, I've got to have this. I need you to do this. I'm begging you, and I'm going to keep asking you. And I, if, if it takes me until my last breath, I'm going to keep asking you to save that person. I'm going to keep asking you to save my husband, to save my wife, to save my son, to save my daughter. I'm going to keep asking you to do this, to provide this. I'm going to keep on and on and on, and I'm not 
going to give up. For everyone, in verse 10, everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks on the door, the door is going to be open. My struggle here, I, I, I always, just because of the way my mind works, and maybe you're like this, I always keep going back to the exceptions. I always go back, yeah, but I kept asking, and he didn't heal my grandma, you know, I we kept praying, and, and she wasn't healed, or he wasn't healed, or God didn't, I'm still, I'm still unemployed, whatever it is. And Jesus says, you know, look, you asked how to pray, and, and I'm telling you. You asked me how to pray, and I'm telling you, don't quit. Because your Heavenly Father, your God is honored and moved, and you can write this down, God is honored and moved by your persistent prayer. And more than we recognize, God responds to, I'm not giving up. It doesn't get on his nerves. It doesn't bother him. It doesn't drive him crazy that I'm persistent and that I ask and ask and ask. And some of you guys have been asking for some things for a long time. So I don't know. Some of you guys may be in the same boat as me. Like me and my wife, we were praying like, would you please, could we please be a part of a church where there's not so much drama and people like each other? And, 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 and it's like, oh, thank you. It took a while. And there was some pain and there was some breaking of relationships and hurt feelings and all that stuff. But look, hey, here we are together. You know, let's all, let's all hold hands. Yeah, go God. And so some of you guys are the same way, man. You've been praying like, I need to be in a church where I'm growing and where I've got some relationships. And, and that's coming together. And it's been hurtful, but God's starting to say yes. He's starting to get the bread for you. And you guys, if we had time, if we could go to Waffle House, whatever, and have some hash browns together, you could tell me. Everybody could tell me probably a story. Like, here's, here's what God did. Here's something that I've been praying for. And, and if, if that's not the case, I would ask you, hey, is, is there something that you should be praying for that, that you, you need to ask that's so big that if it happens, you're going to know God did it? Is there something you're asking him to do that he's honored by the fact that you're asking persistently and you're asking him to do something that seems impossible that, that only he can do? Or are your prayers just kind of, you know, in the car like, God, I really need some money to pay my bills and God, could you get me a date? God, could you get me a wife? God, could you help me pass the clip, whatever it is, you know, you, you, is that where your prayers are staying? And mine stay there a lot, but God, God's pushing me like, now there, there's so much more to this. And um, if you're a worrier, if you're a control freak like I am, sometimes you need to, the U-turn is going to be that, that you just stop. Stop being in control. Stop leaning on your own understanding. Psalm 46.10 says, be still. Be still and know that I'm God. And that word still there, the, the Latin translation for it is, is vacate, which is um, Latin is where we get our word for uh, vacation from. And so it's like he's saying, hey, you know what? Take a vacation from the world and just know that I'm in charge. Stop worrying about the news. Stop worrying about politics. Stop worrying about terrorism. Would you just stop worrying about the bills for a minute? Would you take a vacation from all that and focus on me, your Heavenly Father, who loves you and wants what's best, and would you just spend time with me and get to know me? Because if you'll get close to me, you'll realize and you'll remember that you're, you don't know the future because you're not God and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and you, you can't change the past. So what you need to do is focus on right now and walk with me because I'm God, I'm your Father, I love you, and I know the future, and I'm going to take you where I want you to go. So your job is to walk with me step by step by step. And I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you there. And yeah, there's going to be some U-turns. There's going to be some recalculating. There's going to be some stuff. It's going to be just like hiking. Sometimes it's going to be like really pretty. Other times it's going to be like, I'm going to die right here. Other times it's like, 
hey, spouse, wife, uh, give me your water bottle if you're not going to drink all that. Sometimes, and, and, but then other times, you're going to get to the top and you're going to see down and it's going to be just beautiful. And, and that's, that's prayer, man. That's, that's the walk with Jesus. It's, it's, it's hard sometimes. It's uphill sometimes. But, but God's still sovereign, and he's in control, and my job is to follow him. It's like, it's like my little boys right now. I've got, I've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And when we're walking somewhere, if, we're like, if, if, if it's like Chick-fil-A ice cream day or Dollar General toy trip day, yes, we do that because um, it's cheap. I like Dollar General. I don't know. But, we, um, but if we're doing our Dollar General toy trip or Chick-fil-A ice cream or whatever, the boys, they don't, they don't have to figure out. Like, they're not asking me, like, hey, Dad, um, you got enough money for, for Chick-fil-A? Is there enough gas in the car? What I do is if we're going through a parking lot or we're walking around Chick-fil-A, getting to the line, we're, we're going in Dollar General, walking through the aisles. Like, hey, hold, uh, uh, Lincoln especially right now because he's, he's the four-year-old. I like, hey, hold my finger. Just grab onto it. Not pull my finger. Hold my finger. <laughs> Just grab onto it. And, and, and follow me. Stay with me. You, stay with, you hold my finger in the parking lot and because you need to stay with me. And Lincoln doesn't have to worry if there's enough money for the toy. He doesn't, he's not asking like, hey, hey, Dad, you got enough money for uh, a toy? You got, is everything, is, is, um, is Dollar General even open right now? Is, is, we can't go get Chick-fil-A ice cream today. It's Sunday. He's, he's not worried about that. He's not asking, hey, what's the plan tomorrow? Um, my other kids do that, but, but some of your kids may. But it's just his focus. If he just stays with me and holds my finger, he just walks right with me, and Dad's going to get him where he needs to be. If he sticks with me, he doesn't have to worry about money because I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to pay for it. He doesn't have to worry about if the car's got enough gas or if the car's going to break down. He just has to stay with his daddy. And for a lot of us, that, that's what we need to do. Man. Galatians 5.25 says, <clears throat> since we have life in the Spirit, let, let's walk in step with the Spirit. And my job is not to figure out the future. My job is to lean into my Heavenly Father and ask Him, honor Him with, with asking over and over and just trust Him and be still and take a vacation from the world and know that my Heavenly Father wants what's best and I'm going to love Him, I'm going to get close to Him, and I'm going to walk step by step by step with Him. I don't have to worry, even though I'm a worrier. I don't have to be insecure, even though I have fears. I just have to trust and hold my Daddy's finger and go step by step with Him. He's going to get me where he wants me to be. He's going to get me where I need to be. He's, he wants what's best. And so my challenge and my prayer for you guys is that, yeah, you would, um, you would step it up. You'd be encouraged that you would pray. You would spend time. You would go throughout your day aware of your Heavenly Father and what He's doing. That you'd be encouraged that you would spend time with Him and you would realize that the relationship is the reward. The answered prayer is not the reward. And yeah, He's going to do that. Sometimes He's going to give the bread. But the real reward of prayer is that I, that, I, that I get along with my Heavenly Father and I get closer to Him and I end up exactly where I need to be because I'm walking in step with Him. He's honored by me asking over and over. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you for the life that you give us and we're thankful for how good you are to us. You are way better to us than we deserve. We haven't earned it. But you are not, and, and we confess, God, you are not some distant king who's not interested in our lives. But God, you are our heavenly father, and you are the perfect father. And some of us have, when we think about father, good images don't really come to mind, and, and it doesn't stir up a lot of warm emotions or whatever. But God, we confess that, that you are perfect, 
and you're huge, and you are honored by our persistent prayer, and um, I ask that you would just draw us closer to you through that, because we, we just want to know you more. We're not wrapped up in following rules. We're not wrapped up in legalism. We're not wrapped up in living a life afraid of you. God, we're wrapped up in loving you. I do ask that you would that you would challenge us, that you would put it in our heart that we need to talk to you, that the reward is in the relationship and that we would just step-by-step step walk with you and just hold on to your finger, hold on to your hand and walk with you and you're going to get us exactly where we need to be. God, we love you so much.